0: The second pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky, quarterback North Carolina. It's going to be a perfect fit. i um, very happy to be here in Chicago. Yeah, I really enjoy the coaching staff and my time with them, and I just can't wait to get to work.
1: Bears Hour Live with host Lauren Cox. And the draft doc, Phil want. Hello and welcome to Bears Hour Live. We're coming to you on a Sunday afternoon. As we always say, it's not a Sunday without Bears talk, and hopefully, we can be your fix here. I'm Lauren Cox here with Draft Doctor Phil. Looking forward to another hot show today, Phil. How you How you feeling on this Sunday afternoon? I'm
2: feeling fired up, Lauren. We got a lot to talk about and get into, especially for the month of May, Lauren. Football's a little bit away. The kids are outside. The the days are longer. Um, And, you know, football is just around the corner. The excitement's in the air. We have a whole new uh, roster to pick over. But there's a lot of stuff going on, Lauren, with the Chicago Bears right
1: now. Yeah, you know, we thought the the main free agency was over for the Bears, but Ryan Pace kind of pulled the rabbit out of his hat after the draft, waiting and being patient on a free agent defensive lineman from the Kansas City Chiefs, Jay Howard, and he brought him in. They had a workout or whatever. He he passed a physical, and he left without a deal, and I know that really got you fired up. You, you weren't, weren't going to let this guy leave with the deal if you were general manager, but ultimately he did, and a couple days later, it might have been actually the very next day, News came out that he agreed to a one-year deal with the Bears, and now Jay Howard will be donning the blue and orange. Phil, give me your scouting report on the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs defensive end.
2: This is a big six foot three, three hundred and maybe five pounder. Excellent control of his body and athleticism. Came out of Florida, Lauren Gator. I think he's his sixth year in the NFL, but really his ability to play the run and know instinctively what is being done to him on the football field to combat that and fight across face and get into the backfield with penetration he's also a pretty good to decent bull pass rusher so he's not going to be a liability I know he only had one sack last year but obviously the injuries halted some of that but This is a a football player that can rush the passer from the inside. I think in 2015, he had five and a half sacks. So somebody who I really talked to you actually a lot about, Lauren, off the air, this really needed to get done because there was a big hole depth-wise with Jonathan Bullard. We talked about it after the draft. The five technique wasn't addressed. So what what happens? I compared it to getting Josh Sitton last year. There was a need. All of a sudden, there's a Pro Bowl-type player. Jay Howard, if you go based on performance on tape and what PFF, your mother company, Lauren, talks about this football player, this guy can bring not only he starting snaps, but he also can push to be a, a, a Pro Bowl-type football player at that five technique. I know that's a lot to ask for a man coming off injury, your concerns were, was he going to pass the physical? He passed the physical. The Bears doctors are very, very thorough in their checks on these players. And I know from Greg Gabriel talking to us, Lauren, he's known these guys for years. He spoke highly of them. So you got to believe in them. You could throw the Kevin Whites and what have you at me, but ultimately the guy comes in here, former starter for the chiefs and really helps get quality known talent on your defensive front. And that's gotta be exciting for Eddie Goldman and Akeem Hicks. And when you look at a Josh Bullard, it'll take a little bit of the pressure off him. And I want to get into this with you, Lauren. Do you think Josh Bullard's got a little fire under his ass now? Because now you brought in a guy that's a starter how much do you want it, Josh? This will be talking about you. I mean, that's how I'd run my football team. I like what Ryan Pace is doing. He's seeing competition being important in a locker room and getting good quality person personnel in that locker room, people that are, are good football people. And this guy, I was t- fired the hell up that he left. But to get him in, uh, granted, it's on a one-year deal. He performs, you lock him up.
1: Well, and for the record, you're having your your Aldo Gandia moment here with Josh Josh Bullard. It's Jonathan Bullard, Phil, and I know Sorry, our Jonathan. listeners are are screaming at their computers and their headphones. <laughs> Jonathan Bullard, Phil. Jonathan. Did I say but Josh? You said Josh about four times, and they said, I said, you know, just going to light a fire under Josh. But uh, <laughs> not. I don't know if you're still thinking sitting or whatever, but it's uh It's all good. Um, I, uh, Howard's a guy that. I, I absolutely think this is a message to Jonathan Bullard and even Mitch Unrein, too. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if the how Bullard felt last year at least. You know, rotating in at least he had that competition seemingly at all times with Mitch Unrein, But now there's a guy that's clearly I think enters training camp as the best defensive end that not named Akeem Hicks on this team, and he's a guy too that can rotate in and play some nose tackle if you need him to, especially if. if Heaven forbid Eddie Goldman gets hurt again. You could even see him if they, you know, if, they if they don't like John Jenkins there full time as the backup or C.J. Wilson or Will Sutton. You could get away with Jay Howard at nose tackle with Jonathan Bullard as your starting defensive end. And really, the Bears play so little base defense that most of the time you're going to see Jay Howard at a defensive tackle position in nickel when he's on the field anyway. But you know, you're know you going to see a lot of Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman in those positions too. So I think it's really just a nice depth move that allows you to take some snaps away from other guys that maybe played too many snaps. Akeem Hicks last year, I think, played the third most snaps of any 3-4 defensive end. I think he was like over 900 snaps, which he's in the prime of his career. He's 27 years old, and he didn't have a lot of wear and tear on him as far as games started and, and snaps coming into this year. He's always been a, a rotational player in New England and New Orleans before that. But you you can't sustain... 900 plus snaps a year for a defensive end like Akeem Hicks. It's just something where if you can take, you know, two to three hundred snaps away from him and, you know, some snaps away from Unryan and Bullard and give them all to Howard, it's going to keep them all more fresh. It's going to keep Howard fresh as he's able to come in and out. And now you just have a plethora of defensive linemen. You know, none of them are, I mean, besides Hicks, none of them are, are surefire, you know, elite you know, lockdown defensive lineman, but Howard can come in and make some plays. Bullard can probably hopefully get better and make some plays. Eddie Goldman, when he's healthy, he's, he's pretty close to lockdown, surefire nose tackle. I mean, you've got a lot of, a lot of high quality bodies here. And you're kind of hoping that between Howard, Unryne and Bullard, you're going to get some pretty damn consistent defensive end play. And then now you've got veterans like John Jenkins in there. And, 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 uh, don't, uh, and even uh, a guy like Roy Robertson-Harris, your boy, he's going to be in the mix too at the five technique defensive end spot. And I think this is going to be uh, at least a, a much deeper defensive line at the very least moving forward.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's very cliche, but it all starts up front. I think we all understand that when you recognize big moments in games, you've got to get pass rushers. The way to get pass rushers free is to have... Talent in the interior, and you're 100% right. Um, you got to get these players that are going to free up your rushers in uh, Willie Young, Leonard Floyd, McPhee, and what have you from that position. So it's going to be exciting because I think Jay Howard's going to come into Chicago with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because this was a guy who got a two year extension, then got hurt, and then ultimately you know started searching around after what was a great really amazing 2015 year if you watch that tape I mean this guy's a dominant force you know maybe not a household name and I believe the Bears were trying to sign the football player that prior to that year to get him in Chicago and he ended up going to the Chiefs so now they've got him I think it's really going to help this defensive front seven ascend to where they want. And when you lost that third round pick with players that, you know, uh, you really, and I really liked that could possibly help this football team. This is like getting that third round player coming in that, you know, is going to be an immediate starter because he's a better football player than Unrine. Who's more of a fabric football player and he's a better pro and obvious player than Jonathan Bullard, who I love. And I'm not giving up on Bullard. I'm just saying, you know, if if dinner's ready, come to dinner and eat. Let's not be cowards and kowtow to competition. Let's see who Jonathan Bullard really is. We know who Akeem Hicks is, and hopefully he can get a deal done and extend him because I feel like he's one of the leaders on this football team so bring this guy into the mix and you kind of see the formulation of what it is they're trying to do come Sundays, Lauren.
1: Yeah, and I think some people's initial reaction to seeing a Jay Howard signing is, well, they don't believe in Jonathan Bullard. Clearly they, you know, they they went out and signed somebody to, to potentially start and lock down the starting defensive end position. But I don't I don't think that's necessarily the case. I don't think this was a Holy crap, we need to upgrade a defensive end right now. Let's go get a guy. I think this was more there's a very talented player out on the free agent market still that we can get on a one year deal that we think is going to help our football team. Let's do it. Who cares what else we have? Let's just add more talent because we were three and thirteen last year, so there's no reason to just not have, you know, pass on the opportunity to add a player that we think would be an upgrade. So it's it's to me it's kinda like Josh Sitton last year where, you know, they didn't sign Josh Sitton because they necessarily were disappointed in the guards that they had on the roster but it's just you have a pro bowl player I mean Howard's not quite that that level but you you have a high quality starter sitting there on the free agent market and the opportunity to get him you just get him because he makes your football team better and you kind of put the 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 J, the Jonathan Boward and the Mitch Unrein they, they don't really play into the equation of whether or not I sign a Jay Howard I think even if you know you had two Akeem Hicks and Jay Howard's there you can see you sign him to the one year deal because he's cheap and he's he's a quality player. Did, it's not about it's not about who was already on the roster. It's just about making the roster better.
2: Absolutely, you look at the roster and they didn't they in the draft rather they focused on the offensive side of the football. Lauren, this was a twenty eighth ranked offense, and we really missed that because of the tone and texture of a narrative of how good this draft was. On defense, so the expectation was, "Oh, the Bears need defense. Look at these defensive backs. Look at these talented defensive linemen." But really, ultimately, what do you think we were saying on Bears Hour Live if, and Bears Bar Room? If you're following, we meaning uh, myself, Lauren, and, and I believe Shane Marsaw, all we're talking about the need to achieve some offensive speed and talent. On the football field, and especially the need, especially highlight this, folks, because you know me, you follow me, you follow Lauren. You know what I kept pounding the table for, the need for a quarterback. And when you get that opportunity to be picking so high, stealing a quote from Lauren Cox, the goal is to not pick that high, thus when you are. (laughs) Sounds like your thesis, Lauren, at Wisconsin. (laughs) <laughs> you, need, you need to draft the quarterback because Mike Glennon is an unknown just like a Mitch Trubisky and a Deshaun Watson or a Patrick Mahomes and so on and so forth. The unknown is clearly there. And when you're trying to win a championship, and that's your goal, the offensive side of the football needed to be improved. And that's what the direction was. They didn't just come about this, you know, last minute. Oh, boy. You know, let's just pick this guard from Kutztown. He was their best player. They're trying to improve their offensive line and defensive line. And that's what they did in free agency. And now you saw what they did in the draft. So I'm excited. and I think the goal for Ryan Pace is to get better. And ultimately get, get on the stage coach to winning because the Bears are nine wins in the past two years. This is you know, tressman era was bad, correct? But this might be worse based on where you were to where you went on talent on the offensive side of the football. So I'm happy about where they're going and how they're going about this new makeover for this roster
1: yeah you you know it's easy to forget that uh, Mark Trestman never went three and 13 but that's a that's a whole another (laughs) uh whole another topic of discussion but I I I wanted to bring up too with with Jay Howard I I had forgotten until I just looked now that the Bears had tried hard to sign Ricky Jean Francois earlier in free agency oh that's true he went to I think he visited the Colts and the Packers and the Bears before ultimately signing in Green Bay so Howard is kind of their consolation prize here at the defensive end spot. I mean, clearly they did want to add more talent in the rotation there. And, and maybe, you know, like I said, some of that could be an indictment on Jonathan Boyd. I'm not trying to say that maybe they're, I'm not trying to say they're not concerned at all with his development, but I, you know, like I said, it's not, it doesn't strike me as a purely, holy crap, we wasted that third round pick already and we're giving up on him by any means. It's certainly a uh, a rotation there. And I think it's it's just something that's going to help Make this defensive line better as a whole, but I want to move on from from Jay Howard, Phil to Jay Cutler, the newest member of the Fox Broadcasting team. I know uh, you you were doing plenty of uh, Twitter shout out for my my prediction back in November that Jay yep. Cutler would retire this offseason. I I appreciate all that. It wasn't a uh, it wasn't a a sourced opinion. It wasn't a oh I have I've been hearing that he's, he's planning to retire. It was just uh pretty sure that. One way or another, teams aren't going to be super interested in acquiring his services, or he's just going to not want to go play for another team and move to another market and learn another offense and do everything that goes around with playing for another team. And he would retire, and he did, and now he's a a member of the Fox broadcast crew. He's going to be with... Charles Davis and the other guy, Kevin Burkhart. Burkhart is that his name? Yep, yep. Yeah, Kevin Burkhart and Charles Davis. His first game will be the Bears' third preseason game against the Tennessee Titans. He's going to be in the booth. And, must you know, see TV. Must see TV, Lauren. For sure. And most preseason <laughs> games aren't, but – and especially the third preseason game. But this one, I mean, because – I mean, especially the third preseason game is more must see TV. But this one is going to be even more must see TV because of uh, – because Jay Cutler's going to be in the booth and I'm one thing I wanted to mention too is that I think some people I, they, I'm not sure why they were so surprised that he had, his first game was a Bears game but I think that was ultimately always going to be the case because Fox wants to put him on a team that he's going to be very familiar with so he'll be able to provide the best analysis possible it's not about you know giving Jay a chance to comment and and send some shots back at his old roster or anything like that I think it's just that When you're in the booth and a game is live going on, he's not going to have to sit and think about, okay, who is that player and what is that player's background? He knows every player or most of the players on the Bears roster. So if something happens, he can quick go to him. And if he forgets what his producer was just telling him in his ear, he's like, ah, crap, what do I know about Charles Leno? He's like, then he'll just know instinctively about that player. He'll be able to talk about him. And, you know, it's not that he knows the Titans that well, but at least he's got one of the two rosters down and he's able to just sort of broadcast more comfortably because he doesn't have to think on the fly or anything about the team that he's talking about he knows the Chicago Bears and he knows most of that roster better than everybody else and obviously he'll prepare for both teams like a broadcaster and I think you know I I really do think he's going to do a good job he seems like a guy that's very knowledgeable you know he's he he understands football he's got a personality as much as people like to make fun of his demeanor and the lack of smiles but I think he's going to kind of turn a new leaf on TV and really be a likable guy what do you think Phil Yeah, I'm
2: excited about that, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I think Jay will take the high road, unfortunately, when it comes to the coaching staff. You heard him be completely praising, even awarding the nugget of thinking Dow Loggins is a future head coach. That's how highly he felt of him. So any fears that his and Dow Loggins' relationship was on the rocks in regards to that comment are gone, I think – Jay will bring a quarterback's eye to the broadcast booth. This is a very intellectual guy who's had to learn, what, nine playbooks in his career, 10, who's always ready to go come game one. This guy will be very thorough, very conscientious of his audience, and, you know, he has a different personality. And he's been labeled, and we've gone through the whole gambit of this. I'm excited to see how he handles in front of the camera and and bringing his uh, playbook diagnosis to the broadcast booth because he's going to be doing color. Burkhart is one of the best play-by-play guys in the business, and I'm glad they put him with a good group because I think the world of Charles Davis – trying to get him on Bears Hour Live with us because I think the world of that guy's opinion and, and a person. I had the pleasure of meeting him down in Manhattan back uh, in the the Greg Olson draft, and we got to talk for a good 15, 20 minutes, and then you could just see the guy's persona and personality, and you see it on game day. He's the same guy. So I'm excited about Cutler, though, getting up there broadcasting the Bears and let's see if he just pulls a Gruden and says whatever's the truth and and just pops it off you know you saw a little bit of that in the interview with Waddle and Sylvie Lauren where he was talking about how he's got Glennon's number and hasn't called him yet but plans to and really give him a little heads up on what to expect in regards to the Bears quarterback so this is going to be exciting with Jay Cutler there. You know, it's sad to see that kind of talent be kind of blackballed. He admitted he admitted as much that he, you know, is going to have regrets. He's going to have to fight that come the fall when the grass is smelling a certain way and football's in the air. If you've ever played and you love the game like I do or Lauren does, you know exactly what I'm talking about, the fresh-cut grass and vibe in the air. It's going to be hard to give up something that you've done for basically your whole life. So it's going to be interesting to see him on that role and have the opportunity to showcase the kind of person and the personality he really is.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to just seeing how candid he is. You know, he was never a guy that, you know, to the media would ever say anything bad about his teammates and you know he always seemed to be able to take the brunt of all the criticism and everything and I wonder if if he'll now at least be more open and and be willing to sort of criticize and and not like not in a disrespectful way by any means but be able to say yeah you know Charles Leno there got beat to the outside and all this you know didn't get his feet underneath him and got off balance and started bending at the waist and you know that kind of thing and even quarterbacks and if you know if if Mike Glennon throws an interception in that third preseason game is he gonna you know how how critical is he gonna be is he gonna come on as the as the oh well I I see what he saw there and he thought this and then got picked off is it gonna be more of a you know, man, I don't know I don't know what he was thinking there. He should have known X, Y, and Z. I mean, I'm curious to see how, how he handles those kind of situations. But the other thing that crossed my mind, too, is that the guy he's sort of replacing for Fox is John Lynch. And I wonder, Phil, does, does uh, Jay Cutler have an NFL general manager job waiting for him in the future?
2: <laughs> that would be something, wouldn't it? If he ended up becoming the general manager of a team somewhere, that would be kind of interesting. I mean, the guy say what you want about him. He handled the situation with class and dignity. He could have thrown a bunch of people under the bus. He did and didn't and chose not to. I think he was honest and forthright with Waddle and Sylvie about his true innermost feelings about maybe not wanting to do it, but maybe wanting to do it and having his wife be a part of that process. So, it's going to be interesting to see this football player turn a new leaf and new chapter. And, and really, I thought it was going to be 10 years, as I said on the barroom, that bear fans would turn around and really recognize what this guy, what the warrior he was and what he truly gave to the Chicago bears, uh football franchise. And I think it's going to be a lot sooner because I think, he's going to be a a very good color guy on the show and on the television and it's going to be fun to watch it Lauren I also wanted to make one other point in his defense when people say yeah well he broke all the records of the franchise and yada 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 but you know you know that, that wasn't hard that wasn't easy well they stood for 72 years so it's hard To get and pick yourself up off the ground and be the quarterback in Chicago, you already see the negative narrative towards one Mitchell Trubisky, who hasn't even taken a snap yet. Uh, Glennon, Mike Glennon, embarrassingly gets booed at a Cubs game. The fans and the Bears fans want to win. Well, I've said this many a time before, I'll say it again. You're not going to win if you don't support your franchise and understand that there's going to be growth setbacks and quarterbacks are going to make mistakes. That's why this game exists. So I hope we don't see this rush to boo-hoo a pick that clearly is the future and that's where they're going. They don't trade that capital. They don't select this player in the with the second pick if Mitchell Trubisky isn't your goal to take you to the super bowl and become the face of the franchise so give him a chance and see where this goes if it means that 2018 is a new coaching staff you know a lot is made of well he'll have to learn a new playbook well he's going to have to learn a lot in his life and a new playbook should be the last of his concerns when it comes to Mitchell Trubisky. It's it's about winning and getting the right coach, and I don't know that we have that guy right now, Lauren.
1: Yeah, you know, Jay, I, I saw a good comparison for Jay, and we're going to get back to Trubisky very soon in a sec here, but I, the one the one thing I want to finish with Jay as a broadcaster is someone compared him to Alex Rodriguez, where at the end of his Yankees career, he was really sort of, not I wouldn't say hated, but... Yeah, he know. was villainized. Yeah, he was as a he was Yankee sort of fan, the villain of the Yankees, and then he left. You know, when he retired, he joined. I think it was Fox. I don't. I don't follow baseball that closely, but in the broadcast booth and or in that studio, I think. But regardless, the opinion of him kind of changed. People kind of gained a respect for him as a as a baseball analyst and someone who has been through a lot and done a lot of high quality baseball. And I can kind of see the, the comparison was made that Jay would do the same kind of thing, where he's kind of nationally villainized and disliked for his performance, but now that he's going to the TV, people are gonna kinda of get to see the real personality of Jay and the real football intelligence of Jay. And he's not gonna be able to he's not gonna be in a position to make mistakes as he was on the football field and he's just gonna it's really just a purely positive endeavor, I think, for him. And it, it can only work to improve his personality and his his perception in the league. But you mentioned Mitch Trubisky and Jay was on the Waddle and Sylvie show on ESPN uh, was that yes a couple days ago? Let's see, it's Sunday now. No, was that Friday fr- or Thursday? I think it was
2: Thursday or Friday. Yeah, one of those it was two days. Thursday. Yeah,
1: I want. Yeah, Thursday sounds right. We'll go with that. He was on ESPN's Wild and, and You know, they asked him about his broadcasting and stuff. Phil was making some references to that earlier. He did say that Dowell Loggins is a uh, is a future head coach in his eyes, and he also uh, was asked about Mitch Trubisky. And I want to play. I want to play for our listeners here the clip. Of course, all the credit for this goes to ESPN and the Waddle and Sylvie show. It's just a little uh, one minute and thirty long, one minute thirty second long clip of Cutler being asked about how he thinks Trubisky should be. I guess how his situation will play out in Chicago at least early on in his career.
0: You know, I don't. I was. I I, th- I feel like my situation was a little bit different than his. I mean, I was on a very veteran team. I was on a. Uh, you know, Mike was was offensive driven, and like kind of everything he did was centered around the quarterback. And that team was built a little bit different than the Bears are. Uh, you know, I, mean, I think you know we were winning games, and it was a the defense was actually really strong that year. And offensively, we were kind of building some pieces uh, to kind of make things happen. And I just don't know where. I don't think any of us are going to know where the Bears are until you know we see four or five, six games and kind of feel out how the season's going to go. Um, you know, if it's just going downhill, I mean, I don't really see any reason to play the kid. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, people calling for, for his name because you, you draft him at two and you draft him for a reason, and that's to play football and win games. But you look at a lot of quarterbacks throughout this league, and, and until you have some people people around you and some pieces around you, it's it's hard to win football games in this league as a quarterback. you you got to you have some dudes around you, you can make some plays you get have some defense that can stop people and get you put good positions your special teams got to chip in from time to time um and you know that's kind of the same thing for Mike I mean you you uh you hired him for you paid him for for his his services for for a reason and you kind of want to see what he can do too so it's 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 a tough uh it's a tough situation there right
1: now yeah Jay obviously is uh a big supporter here of trying to get a, a guy like Mike Glennon and a guy like Mitch Trubisky that, that time with a guy like Mike Glennon in here already. And I, I, I kind of go back and forth on this Phil, as far as how long to, to to let Trubisky sit. And, you know, like Jay said, if things are going down, he doesn't think they should throw him in there to take hits. But I, I think I disagree with that, but I want I want to get your take on it first. If what do you think about I guess what what Jay said in total and about about where Mitch Trubisky's first playing time should happen?
2: Well, I'm on the record. I feel as though
1: who is Mike
2: Glennon? That's my T-shirt because I don't know who he is. <laughs> None totally of like us. A, do. A question mark in a black silhouette, <laughs> exactly, and a long neck. So <laughs> I don't giraffe. know. It's like Mike Glennon went from getting replaced by Josh McCown, getting replaced by Jameis Winston, to be talked up as if he's a quality NFL starter, and I don't know that he is. I trust Pace and company believe that he is, but we've said this whole time, despite the ramblings on of a few uh, a Puerto Rican. Master over a Bears barroom that that was the importance of this whole off season, the year of the quarterback, and their plan clearly was drawn up a long time ago, folks. This didn't happen two weeks leading up to the draft. That call to John Lynch happened two weeks leading up to the draft. The Bears loved Mitchell Trubisky, and Ryan Pace was on the record as saying. That he would have passed on Deshaun Watson. Not my agree if Mitch went number one overall. Like 72 hours before the draft, there was talk talk about. So I can now confirm that he was their number two player, the Browns I'm talking about, on the board. So they decided to get cute, as I say, don't get cute. Get the quarterback at Trump's all. They got cute. The Bears played him. It's exactly what I tweeted out today, Lauren. Confirmed. No denying that that was their guy. The owner was pissed off. Uh, Jim Miller said that on Bears All-Axis. I confirmed it with my uncle, who is very close in Cleveland, that this was their guy. The Bears ballyhooed, sweeped in there and and won a poker match with them to get who they believed for months— was their guy. Now, you can come at me all you want about giving up a third-round pick. And what was it? And, and our initial reaction was that, too. So I don't want to bully any fans that still are on that. My, I, it's like, whoa, you're going up one. But now the backstory comes out, and you've really recouped your picks, got a fourth for next year. You gave up a third-round pick to secure a guy – That for the last five months, you've decided was the opportunity to get a franchise quarterback all in agreement with conviction you got him. End the story there and support it from there. This is good for the Bears. This is good for them deciding if John Fox is going to be the head coach next year. And this is good for them moving forward. As far as Jay's concerned, as your original question and point, I agree with you. Open up the competition. Who is Mike Glennon? That should be the Bears Hour Live t-shirt giveaway. Let's make them BHL. Who's Mike Glennon? We're going to find out. You know, Kyle (laughs) Long is tweeting out pep talks to the guy. You feel sad at a draft party. What's to say that wasn't another smokescreen in this land of poker of millions of dollars, believe me, is on this. Millions if not billion-dollar franchises making selections at the most important position in all the sports. Nobody's talking about it. Stephen A. Smith could go on a rant for an hour. They didn't get there. I don't like him, but he might be good. But what kind of analysis is that? Sucks, okay? My fourth-graded quarterback, based on the amount of time spent under center or in the shotgun, rather, for North Carolina. Had he been for two years a starter, he might have been the number one guy. Because the traits are there, Lauren, and we talked about it a lot. He was your number two guy, to Deshaun Watson, PFF's number one, Ash Athlon Sports number one quarterback, Uh, Rang's number one quarterback. He he
1: was he was Mel Kuyper's number one after (laughs) the after the combine.
2: Exactly, Mel Kuyper then recanted. Like, how does he switch? The tape didn't change. Nope. So, let's be honest, folks. Don't fall for the narrative. If you want to leave Chicago, put on your Vegas Raiders shirt and take your selfie like a little bitch. Sorry. <laughs> leave that out. But that kind of energy is just, uh, honestly, it's sad. It's sad because you don't even know. So what, what are you going to do to save face when, when Mitchell Trubisky lights it up? You know, Russell Wilson wasn't supposed to do anything. Dak Prescott. It's not like it's unheard of, guys. So when you look at the tape, the kid's an athlete. We did a Bears Hour Live film room on Mitchell Trubisky. Go over there on YouTube. Check it out. It's been up for three or four days now. It's already got 1,300 views. In-depth looked at Trubisky and what he brings to the Bears. I like what I see from it. I'm happy about this draft. But I think Jay's wrong. I believe open competition, first quarter. I want, if I'm Mike Glennon, I'm stepping up to the challenge. Oh, you signed me to all that money. And granted, folks, it's not a lot of money. For NFL quarterbacks, go go, compare them. Go from the 32nd. Maybe Brian Hoyer's making $7 million or whatever he's making. But as far as starting quarterbacks, and you know how we feel about Brian Hoyer, it's not much. So open up the competition and what first quarter uh, opening preseason, Mike Glennon, get it going. Maybe he plays a half. Then Mitch comes in the second half. And then you work to analyze who's going to give you the best opportunity to win and how that's going to help the football player. If he's not ready, then you have the opportunity to sit him and start Mike Glennon. But to tweet out pep talks and Mike was sad because he was at the draft party and they picked the quarterback. That's not who I want leading my football team. I want somebody who's as mad as a bear that somebody else is coming in to try to take his job.
1: Yeah, you know, I wanted before before we continue here, I want to take a pause because I think this is the first time in in the years that I've known you that you have <laughs> ever said the words, I disagree with Jay Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, a moment of silence. Yeah, I'm part, <laughs> marking this on the calendar five seven seventeen. Phil disagrees <laughs> with Cutler. I think that was the very first. It blew me away. I was just wow. But you know, I, I I agree with you to to an extent. I don't know if I mean I think you you do open up the competition and you don't let Mike Glennon know that he is the guaranteed starter. But you know, I I also feel like you do need to give him some. I mean, if, if it depends well, on how, how ready met. you feel Trubisky is. I mean, I right. think he could start day one and function in an NFL offense on day one with, with his ability to read coverages, the way he takes care of the ball. He's got good footwork. He really can... I mean, the only thing he hasn't done is operate under center, but he obviously has been doing that all offseason, and he's going to continue to do that all preseason and training camp. I'm not I'm not that concerned about his ability to function in an NFL offense, but I wonder... I I think the the message here needs to be the best thing for Mitch Trubisky's long term success as an NFL quarterback, and I wonder if he would be better off sitting the first four weeks tops. Give him like two or three weeks on the bench to be able to see the NFL speed, to go through the full week of game plan and not have to play, and and really get a a more firm understanding of everything that's going to happen in the game and the NFL speed and just absolutely every aspect of it, and then three or four weeks in the year, put him out there and let him experience it and, and ride him out for the rest of the year. But I don't know if, like, I, I wonder, and I want your opinion on this, would you think it would be more beneficial to just give him even even two weeks on the bench in the regular season just to see how everything functions in a week-to-week NFL offense and in an NFL organization? Or do you think it's more, it's more effective for his development to just put him out there week one, assuming he – competes and plays better than Mike Lennon in, in the preseason.
2: Well, there's the key caveat to the question. How does he play in preseason? Those games don't matter, but they do matter to young players and quarterbacks especially. So like I said, and I was trying to jump into Ryan Pace is already going out of his way to kowtow to Mike Glennon's self-esteem. Mike, Mike Glennon's our starter. Mike Glennon's our starter. You all heard it. I've heard it. I thought it was a mistake to do that. If Mike Glennon is tough and if Mike Glennon is a starting NFL quarterback, then he's pissed off at this. Just think about yourself. Would you be pissed if your employer hired someone else younger to try to come in and take your job and push you and go, you're still our guy, Phil, but we brought in this guy, you know, that's, Competition breeds success. I've always believed it, I've coached it, I've seen it firsthand. I see it with my sons who are three. I could make a competition to who's first to bed and, and all of a sudden of not wanting to go to bed has become wanting to go to bed. It's a simple human quality to get the most out of a person. Sometimes you have to put or light a fire under their ass. Mike Glennon now, has an opportunity to shut the critics up, to shut me up and answer a question. Who are you? What are you as a quarterback? Are you starting caliber or are you Matt Barkley? Are you Brian Hoyer dinking and dunking down the field? And and that'll be okay for a year while we make this guy learn. My plan would be to open up the competition. And that is how I believe Bill Parcells would handle it. A, a Ratigliano would handle it. A, uh, Think Bill of Belichick. Uh, Bill Belichick would handle it. He's pulled Bledsoe out and and benched him. Uh, you saw Parcells went with Romo. Co- coaches that understand a mental capacity of a player will get it. Now, they might just want to kowtow to Glennon for now and then ultimately do this. We saw him move Kyle Long with two weeks before the season. So I'm not ruling out anything. I believe that that's how I would have handled it. But this football player could be the best laid plan. I haven't sat down with Trubisky and had that opportunity to talk to him and see him on the board and understand our playbook. But really, ultimately, they went up and had conviction. Let's see how this plays out, how I would handle it. I've stated how they handle it. We will see. And ultimately, Troy Aikman went out there, took a beating, and went to three Super Bowls. Uh, ben Roethlisberger went out there. They tap- tampered down the offense. He went to a Super Bowl. Don't say it can't happen. This is the first time since Jim McVann, the Bears picked a quarterback in the top five. Okay? I think it's time to really s- showcase. You know, we talked about it all the time. There was essentially a one year deal for Glennon that they can get out from underneath if they had to or trade him. So it's going to be a training camp resolution
1: in my eyes. Well, and I, like Jay, like well, the quote, the exact quote from Jay is that, like you said, take a beating. It was, you know, if, if things go south late in the season, don't put him out there to take a beating, but – if the, are the Bears going to be in a position where their quarterback is going to be taking a beating every game? I mean, that's that's a much bigger issue than just putting the quarterback out there. I mean, <laughs> y- you, your offensive coordinator should, A, but well, first of all, your offense should be good enough that your quarterback is not going to take a beating every game out there. I mean, would you say that last year Mike Glenn, or Matt Barkley took a beating out there? Uh-huh. I don't really think he did. I mean, he, no, I don't. He played games, and he got hit a couple times, and I think he got sacked a couple times. But big deal. Every quarterback gets hit and sacked in the net pretty much every game. I mean, it, it happens. But if your quarterback is really taking a beating out there, that's that's a much bigger issue in an offense. And if you have a running back like Jordan Howard, it's not as though you're putting Trubisky out there to get eaten alive when your team is, say, four and six, four and seven, and you're like, you know what? we're not making the playoffs. Let's just throw Trubisky in there. It's not as though he's going out there and he's like Jay Cutler from 2010 to 2014 or whatever, you know, getting, you know, those massive sack games just getting beaten alive. It's really, I mean, you've got a good interior offensive line and you've got some competition at the offensive tackle position. I'm not going to say it's a good, it's not a great talent at the offensive tackle position, but you have a decent offensive line and you have a great running back and you have now multiple tight ends that he can dump off to. You've got, at least some talented wide receiver, even if you're missing your Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, there's reasons why Trubisky can be successful in this offense and avoid taking a beating even in the end of a lost year. So I don't think that's that big of a concern for me as far as the games not meaning anything of him taking hits for no reason because he he played 13 games and he started 13 games in college. He played in 31, I think is the number I saw today. So, I mean, but regardless, he needs experience. That was the big thing. Like you said, Phil, if he had had two years under his belt— in college, he would be much higher on people's draft boards. It's the the lack of experience is what holds him back in the draft evaluation. So, why then hold him back from getting more experience exactly. this year? I mean, we're not we're not saying oh he's your day one starter automatically. No, I mean no one's saying that, but he needs experience. So, if he proves to you the coaching staff that he is ready, then you are not. There is no reason to sit him behind Mike Glennon just because while Mike Glennon is being paid more, Mike Glennon deserves a chance because, like you said, Mike Glennon hasn't proved anything. And if Trubisky proves that he's ready to go, there's your proven right there. Go out and get your face of the franchise under center and start his career right now.
2: I agree. And, you know, Aldo Gandia sent us a question earlier. He wanted to know, uh, in our opinions how they would divide the snaps up for Glennon, Sanchez and Trubisky. And that's pretty easy to me. It's you rotate Glennon and Trubisky and Mark Sanchez takes all the mental reps he can. That's it. That's what he's here for. Just in the case of emergency, he's gonna come in. This is their job. This isn't the local high school and the second tier quarterback, you know, is not gonna play or is the third guy's not gonna play. You're professionals, the kid needs to get experience. So it's your job as a football coaching staff to make sure the young kid is getting reps. And and that goes on the wayside of Dal Loggins, who Jay referred to as a future head coach. Now you gotta organize your practices where the the young kid is in the playbook, understands that you're constantly testing that football player on the plays, the checks, everything you've got in your philosophy on your offense, and you're checking with him. Then you're putting him in team situations during practice, whether it's live or not, he's going through it 100% every time to make sure that you're on top of him with his technique, with his understanding of the playbook. So... Glenn, would run a play. All right, next up, Trip Mitch, get it in there. Two twenty-four ISO Y counter Z. Get out there, run that play. He got to call it in the huddle. He's got to go under center. All right, now you're watching. You're seeing him every single solitary snap from practice to preseason to regular season is going to be studied and looked at. This guy will be constantly under the microscope. He will have to know his playbook inside and out. And that's how you get them better. Then when it's time, if he understands the philosophy in the playbook, then you let him run scout team. And you see him work live against your starting defense. And you see what kind of competition or how he rises his teammates to compete against the starting and how what kind of looks he gives you. Building his confidence and experience at the same time. My, Mark Sanchez wouldn't even get a snap under center from me. Not at all until we get to the preseason. Maybe he's going out in the fourth quarter of the preseason and getting play. Other than that, Glennon and Trubisky would see the bulk of the work, and Sanchez is mental rep, Mark.
1: Yeah, and I think with this idea of you know, sitting Trubisky for the whole year. And people always like to compare it to like Aaron Rodgers and, you know, the time he had on the bench was valuable for him. And I think I, I, there is a lot of value to letting a quarterback sit and learn from the sideline. He can learn a lot just being in the room and being around the team. I get that 100%. But I think with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you saw the Packers really completely break down his passing mechanics and build him back up to be a brand new quarterback. He was, I mean, not that he was completely, a you know, not everything was 100% changed, but he needed, or the Packers at least felt, he needed a lot of work in his ability to read coverages and deliver the ball accurately and get the ball where he needed to go and everything he needed to do to be an NFL quarterback. And that's part of why he lasted to the bottom of the first round. I don't remember what pick he went to. It was second. after 20, but 22nd, he said?
2: Sec- yeah.
1: I mean, that's part of the reason why Alex Smith went one and Aaron Rodgers went 22nd, is and they wanted that time to be able to sit him and help him grow as a quarterback, whereas I don't think Trubisky needs that. I mean, there's some value to him working with his coaching staff and and really just refining his mechanics to the very next level to really put him over the top. But I think he's got a very solid baseline footwork and his arm. I mean, sometimes he does some weird things on deeper throws. Where he'll come off his balance is a little bit weird and he'll they'll sail. I mean, he makes mistakes and his mechanics can always be cleaned up, just like every young quarterback. But it's not as though he needs this big overhaul or anything. It's not, it's not like he – it's not – you know, I would feel more comfortable with that with – Maybe a guy like Mahomes or or Kaiser, if the coaching staff felt like, okay, we need to fix a lot of things in this guy's mechanics, we're going to sit him for a year and really just redshirt him and and work hard on all of those things this year and then have him be a new quarterback for next year. But but Trubisky doesn't need that. He he showed that he can deliver accurate balls, make smart decisions, read coverage as well, and hit receivers down the field with difficult NFL-level throws. Against NFL level, their NFL style coverages, NFL route concepts. It wasn't every play at North Carolina, but he he has shown on tape that he can play quarterback at an NFL level. It's not like he's in need of this this. I mean, he needs development, but not this dr- drastic development that would require a year on the bench.
2: Well, Lauren, if the season is going south, okay, with Mike Glennon, we're gonna put it on that. Then, obviously, it is time to work experience to a young football player. It's not even a question to me. I'm going to look at this football team and I'm gonna look at the quarterback position as well as the wide receiver position that includes a lot of question marks there. And I'm gonna try to get everybody on the same page in how we're gonna attack a certain team on any given Sunday. One of the things we lacked was seeing a focus on mismatches and matchups by Dow Loggins. One of the issues he continued to have was recognizing where you're solid and where you're not solid. And that was through Jordan Howard. That was through uh, the slot position, not playing Daniel Braverman. So there's a lot of trust issues that go along with this coaching staff that have built up a nine win football team over the course of two years. So nine and 23. Over the course of two years, there's a lot of questions about how they're going to handle Mitch Trubisky, how they're going to handle this football team going forward. Is this a a setup year? Are they going to continue with John Fox? You know, the guy with the rumor of Jim Harbaugh working with the McCaskies now of there's a possibility he's next in line for coaching. I don't believe it, but I can't rule it out because there's... Did they keep quiet as kept more so secretive than anything else of their love for Mitch Chbisky? So maybe there is a backdoor channel to a former first round quarterback who's not only one of the greatest coaches in all of football, but has a love affair and dream to coach the Chicago Bears. I'm not going to rule it out. Do I believe it? No, but we're not going to root out anything when you look at how they handled Mitchell. Mitchell Trubisky and them shocking Adam Schefter and both networks at once. I taped it. I watched both. And they were both Solomon Thomas. They're getting Solomon Thomas. The cameras are on Thomas. He's standing there looking, picking his ear. And all of a sudden, Mitchell Trubisky and Rich Eisen's voice, whoa, and Adam Schefter, whoa. So now you know that they went and got their guy They could do the same thing with the coach. And is this a dead year for John Fox? All of that is the excitement that's leading into July and August to see how they construct this football team. They signed undrafted free agents now. They got their draft. They went through free agency. And now on the back end, they pick up a starting quality defensive lineman, Lauren and Jay Howard. Jay Cutler's going in the booth to call bear games. Mitchell Trubisky is the new face of your franchise. Uh, Mike Dicker used to say, we need a bunch of Grabowski's. Now Ryan Pace is saying we need a Mitchell Trubisky. So the Pollocks are back. I'm happy about it. I think this fan base needs to be patient. And really, ultimately I think Ryan Pace pulled the fast one on all of us and went offense, and that's where their need for speed was. And and, and guys like Tarek Cohen and, and the offensive guard, Morgan from Kunstown, and then you get a huge tight end, huge tight end, who's able to move like this guy is. And if you haven't seen our film room breakdown, clearly this guy has immense talent. He needs to work on a few things, but right now, and tomorrow it officially comes out. But since you're listeners here, giving you a little nugget that it's already out, so you can get your fix on Adam Shaheen right now over at Bears Hour Live Film Room, Lauren.
1: Yeah, up on our YouTube channel at YouTube is youtube.com slash C slash Bears Hour Live. We've got our Adam Shaheen Film Room video up and out already. It's uh, six minutes of, of pure analysis of the Bears' new tight end. And yeah, like you said there's a clear emphasis on the offense here this offseason and getting that back. And I know, I don't, I don't know, some people felt like last year the quarterback play was the big the big fault of the offense. And, and there, certainly Brian Hoyer was a an issue by all means. And, and Matt Barkley threw some interceptions late in the year, and I think we all agree that Jay Cutler would have been able to do more with this team had he been healthy, and he did against the Minnesota Vikings. But, I mean, clearly Ryan Pace wanted to – add a lot more elements to this team on that side of the ball to make things easier on Dow Loggins. I know you and I were very critical of a lot of the decisions he made this past year, not only involving the quarterback position, but also just the use of a lot of different personnel as injuries came in and out. But it kind of seemed like last year, like last offseason, I should say, was sort of the defensive offseason with the, you know, you bring back Tracy Porter, you get Freeman and Trevathan and Hicks and really kind of bolster that side of the ball. And now this is sort of the offense and You've kind of got your foundation. I mean, you know, you still need to you still need to work on the secondary a little bit. You got some you got some young players there, but you're kind of still on wait and see there. Obviously, we talked a lot about the defensive line at the top of the show with Jay Howard and all that. You really like the depth there, and even at linebacker, feels like the whole front seven is kind of at a good baseline level of of a foundation of a of a, a strong defense. And then same thing on the offense, interior of the offensive line, it's solid one of the best in the league, you need some work at the tackles, you know, now you've got some young tight ends in there, you've got some young receivers, although you still need a little bit work there, you've got your quarterback, your running back position is loaded with young talent, I mean, you've got the foundation of a roster here, and it's not the team that's gonna win 11 games in 2017, but it's the team that might win 9 or 10 in 2018, you know, you never really know, you got a lot of young players here, and obviously, when Ryan Pace makes decisions with his roster, it's with you know, he, you have to kind of assume as general manager that all of your young players are going to get better in the future. And in, in practice, that doesn't happen. You know, Some of these young players that we see or at least can see the team looking forward to them having bigger roles in the future just aren't going to pan out, whether that's a, a Tariq Cohen or whether that's a, a DeAndre Hall or an Eddie Jackson. I mean, you never know. At least one of these guys isn't going to pan out. A few of these guys might not pan out and continue to develop in the path that Ryan Pace might envision for them. And, you know, you'll see the team adjust for that. But there's a lot of young players that, at a lot of solid positions and guys that you can get excited about across this roster. And I think at least a good portion of them will pan out the way this general manager sees them, at least based on his track record so far. And I think it's it's only encouraging that the future, at least in the long term, has some reason to be optimistic, just not quite yet in 2017.
2: Well, you got to also add the undrafted free agents. I mean, you look at the roster right now. You know, Harold Jones, Corte, undrafted, Callahan, undrafted free agent. Kid, uh, Carvan LeBlanc was a sixth round pick. Cut Bears picked him up. You are still going to continue to build this roster. So some of these UDFA guys are going to come in here and be hungry. So let's put. You know, look at the position of inside backer, Lauren. There's John Timo. Uh, you got Christian Jones. You got quickkowski You got Danny Trevitha coming off an injury, and you got my boy there, Josh. Uh, Josh Freeman, Freeman, Jarrell. Thank you. This Josh is killing me today. I've been watching <laughs> Josh. I was watching Josh Allen film this morning, but anyway. You got that position, and it seems like it's locked in because you liked a little bit of what you saw with Kwiatkowski. It wasn't perfect. But you look at Freeman, he was suspended. you got to have concerns with that. And then Danny Trevathan's injured, so who's going to be your starters in there? One of these undrafted free agents? Do they pick up a late uh, signing here, a, a veteran to come in here and compete as well? So... All these positions are up for grabs. And if that's how you build your team, that's the best way. I mean, New England trades talent to Cleveland, you know, athletic talent beyond interior linebacker and rusher that could play and start for the Chicago Bears. And and they regroup by finding undrafted free agents and putting them in their system. Vic Fangio is capable of doing that, too. So the defense, I don't believe, is done. And I believe there's a lot of competition that's going to be coming out. Even uh, is fullback going to be a a position that they need this year? They picked up an undrafted free agent that you love. Probably the the highest-ranked fullback, Stevenson, from Florida State. That I loved? No, not you. I'm talking the the (laughs) highest-ranked. I'm
1: sorry.
2: I did not watch any Freddie Stevenson tape. Well— He's the highest rated fullback out there. So you never know what's going to transpire with this roster, you know. So hopefully you're able to get a few quality starters and contributors here. I think Eddie Jackson has a real good shot to get on the football field. And I don't know necessarily won't rule out corner. This football player is a ball hawk. So I'm going to be interested how they see how does Kyle Fuller step up. How does he come back? Does his fifth year option isn't picked up. Now he's playing in a contract year. Does he come out and say, I'm stepping up to the competition. I'm going to be your starter. I'm going to play safety. I'll do whatever you need and showcase that he wants to be here or wants to be picked up and going somewhere else. Does he get traded? All of these things are going to be answered, but there's talent out there Like we said last year, this team was too talented to only win three games. It was a testament to the coaching. The coaching because the big bullseye on them this year. I don't think they could go three wins and sell John Fox returning. I think the calling card of calling out Mitch Trubisky is to let everybody know in the NFL, who is an offensive-minded person, that this is a place that is going to be good for the future to come to because the NFL heads might have been executives talking to Matt Miller that might have been waiting to fire Ryan Pace, but I got news for you. He's going nowhere. It could be John Fox, but the rest of the NFL coaching will jump at an opportunity to coach the Chicago Bears, who now have a clean quarterback room, per se, according to narrative, and a young quarterback in it.
1: Well, hopefully we've given our listeners here reason to be optimistic about the future of the Chicago Bears. Maybe not the short-term future. That's sort of a, a wait-and-see there. But definitely there's some reason to, to be excited about what Ryan Pace has built at least 2018 and beyond with this roster. But we're, we're over an hour now, and we need to wrap up here, Phil. I want to I remind everyone we've got our Adam Shaheen video out on YouTube now. And, of course, up next will be Eddie Jackson. That one should be coming out Wednesday. We're really going through... All of the Bears draft picks in the film, and we might do Jay Howard after that. We're still not quite sure where we're going to go next, but be sure to subscribe on YouTube to keep up with all of those. Of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Podbean or wherever your podcast listening goes. We uh, hopefully we can be your Bears podcast destination. Of course, on Twitter at Bears Hour Live, he's at fulfill o. I'm at Cox Sports One, and with that, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to this edition of Bears Our Live.